2 Peter chapter 3, if you have your Bibles. We'll be there in just a few moments. Do you remember when you were a kid and uh, you would go on trips uh, and you, if, you, if you didn't do this when you were a kid, you probably did it with your kids. And do you remember uh, before you, and certainly if you were a child, but you probably are more aware of this as an adult, taking children somewhere, you get in a car and maybe the journey was an hour or two hours, but certainly if it was anything upwards of an hour, you'd be about five minutes from the house and there would be a little refrain that would come from the back seat and it was always the same question. What was it? How much further? Are we there yet? Something along those lines. And the answer was always the same as well. It, it may have been in different forms, but the answer was basically the same. The answer would be something like, we're just a little bit further. Or how about this one? Just five more minutes. You remember saying that? Because if you said, listen, sweetie, we got an hour to drive, what would happen? Oh, it's gonna, I'm gonna die. Can we, oh, you know? And now, now, for those of you that are, might be younger watching, and we've got a few younger ones in the, in the, in the room, I remember the first car that I saw that had a DVD, had a screen that kids could watch. And you know what I thought? That's not fair. That is not right. Those parents, they don't know what it's like to travel with. And I've even seen them where they have individual screens and individual headsets where the kids watch stuff or play games and they don't even, they don't even talk to each other. And I went, now that is miraculous right there. And, uh, but we didn't have any of that. And I got to thinking about the five, just five more minutes. The way that grown-ups would use almost anything you'd take coloring pages do you remember putting cheerios in little ziploc bags or fruit loops or or you know anything to give them some snacks and just anything to distract their mind from the fact that this was going to be a long journey i remember the first um um uh, capri suns remember those the little things that you put the straw oh that was a miracle where you could take a little drink and you could poke the little straw in and give it give it oh and they would suck it down to nothing and but it, anything to distract them from the fact that there was yet a long journey ahead and i think that we all understand that as adults but i think we still do it even as adults we still feel that way sometimes where we say to our heavenly father are we there yet are we there yet? How much further? I'm just going to die if this keeps... You know what I mean? You ever spiritually feel like you're just flopping back, ah, laying, kicking your feet? Just come on. Let me read you some scripture. Second Peter chapter 3. And, then, and let me get you to think about this. The reason that an hour is an eternity to a child is because we measure time and we measure the duration of things on the length of time we've lived. When you're seven years old, a day is forever. Summer seems like it just, oh my goodness, summer is just forever. Uh, but when you're 75 years old, a day seems like it goes by in two minutes. And a year seems like it just like takes a week for a year to go by. And it's because the, literally our minds do a thing where the scale shifts on us based on how long we've been along. There's a problem with that as it relates to God's timing, however. And that is in the scope of God's timing, we're all just five years old. 
We've not experienced time as he has yet. And we don't understand what this life is in the, in the, in the, in the encompassing aspect of God's kingdom. Our life, certainly when we're enduring difficulty, oh my goodness, how long can this COVID thing go on? Are we there yet? Aren't we? <laughs> aren't we? Where are my Cheerios? You know what I mean? Anybody, anybody ready for the Fruit Loops to be passed over where you could just distract yourself a little bit and get a little break? And let me show you some things from God's Word. 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, reading from the New Living Translation. Paul sa- or Peter says this, This is my second letter to you, dear friends. In both of them I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the Holy Prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget. They deliberately forget. They try to forget. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command. And he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget Say that with me. But you must not forget. Say it again. But you must not But you must not forget. This one thing, dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He's, I love this. He's, he really isn't being slow about his promise, as some people think. You, you may think that the Lord's delaying, that you're not going to make it, that he's being slow, but he says, look, he's not being slow the way you think sometimes. Rather, he's being patient. I just want to draw your attention, and we'll pray to verse 1 again. Peter says, this is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. Those two pieces, stimulate wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. Stimulate wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. How many of you feel like sometimes with all that's going on in our world, our thinking can become pretty unwholesome? Anybody? The circumstances of life and the, my goodness, if you turn on the news right now, you're going to hear one of two things and almost only one of two things. What are they? One of them is going to be the, the election and the other one's going to be COVID. The election and COVID. The election and COVID. And goodness gracious, if you're not careful, your thinking can become unwholesome. I didn't say ungodly, unwholesome, unbeneficial. You can drop down into a sort of a, uh, just a morass of, of depression and sadness. And you can see the circumstances that, that the enemy wants to make large in your eyes. And all of a sudden your thinking can be, oh, boy. I mean, it's a little bit like the Hee Haw song before long. Remember? Bloom, despair, and agony on me. 
deep, dark depression, excessive. And you're showing your age now and you're, and you're rearing here, all right? Some of you are like, if there's any young people, like, what? Day? I mean, what is that? But we can get that way where our thinking becomes so unwholesome. Like there is no, like the sun's not going to come up. Annie had it right. The sun will come up. And we can even change that to the S-O-N sign. The sun will come up. Amen. He's still around. But I want to do two things today. Stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. In that section of scripture, there are so many time references. Peter writes in order to freshen the memory and in so doing create wholesome thinking. What is his, what's his proposition? What, what it is that he's suggesting? Jesus is coming and time causes us to forget that. Jesus is coming, but the time that we live in and the passing of time causes us to forget that. And when we forget that, church, we're miserable people. I don't mean miserable, to, well, we can be miserable to be around. I know a lot of people that are miserable to be around, and the reason they're able to be that is that they haven't thought about the fact that Jesus is coming. Amen? Let me give you some real quick things. Number one, I think our enemy is our perspective of time. It's our perspective of time. How many of you sometimes feel old? You look in the mirror and you go, oh my goodness, I'm old. Anybody feel that way? What do you base that on? When you look in the mirror and you go, oh my goodness, I'm old. What are you basing that on? What you see. And what you feel. You know, just reach into the mirror. Oh, oh my, so, oh, you know, all right. But watch this. Are you really old? Oh, boy. Are you really old? Really? Redwood tree is old. None of you old yet. Watch this. The earth isn't even really old. You, you just, uh, the scripture says that you and I, watch this, we're just a vapor that appears one day and is gone the next. A vapor is never what? Old. We're like the grass of the field, the scripture says, who comes up one day and the next day. We're like the flowers that blossom one day and then wither and die. How many of you got any really old flowers that are still alive? I'm not trying to disappoint you. I'm, I'm trying to get you to realize that you're not old. You, you, you're not ever going to really be old. You, 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 you're going to experience a long time, but you haven't yet. And you won't do it here. Isn't that kind of interesting to think about? You're going to experience a millennium, but you're not going to see it here. You're going you're to experience 10,000 years, but you're not going to do it in this form. You're going to know what it's like to exist Eon after eon after eon after eon after eon after eon after eon. And your shoulder's not going to hurt in that eon. And your hip's not going to feel bad. And you're not going to have any wrinkles. And you're not going to gain weight. There's not going to be any cancer. And there's not going to be any arthritis. And there's not going to be any pain. You're going to know a long time, but you're not going to know it here. 
That's not even in my notes. I don't even know where all this came from, all right? We're going to experience old, but you're not going to do it like you are now. You see, our enemy is our perspective of time. Psalm chapter 90 verse 4 says, For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You're going to. Now listen to me, church. Those of you online, get this. You are going to experience a thousand years, and there's going to come a moment when that thousand years for you is going to pass like five minutes to us right now. You're going to be an eternal kid in the presence of God, and you're going to see time in a completely different way, and you're going to be refreshed, and you're going to be rejuvenated, and time, Scripture says, will be no more in his presence. You see, the human mind and the spirit works as it relates to time in some certain ways. As it relates to joy, watch this, we live in the present only. As it relates to joy, we live in the right now. We have no use for yesterday's joy. You know why? Because I want to know what you've done for me lately. Amen? I want to feel happy today. I want to feel good today. I want to be young now. I want to be rich now. I want to be in at ease now. Look at your neighbor. And if they're dozing off, you wake them up right now. All right? This is, they need to hear this. All right? Peggy, shake him a little bit, would you? He's wide awake. Listen. As it relates to joy, we live in the present. A very small present. But watch this. As it relates to pain and frustration and hurts... We live in an unending past. We can refresh it in a moment. We can think about it unendingly. There's a great book that I have in my office called Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. It's the name of the book, Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. It was written by a, uh, basically a, like an animal physiologist, a guy who studies animals in their genetics and in their, I mean, he's just a, he's a, he's a PhD level uh, doctoral person and he he writes about the way that warm-blooded animals respond to stress and difficulty and pain and he writes about every animal in the he, he states this and just I'm paraphrasing that every warm-blooded mammal in the world except for humans responds to difficulty differently than we do he uses a zebra as an example. He says a zebra in Africa feasting on the Serengeti eating grass when suddenly out of the corner of his eye and all of his senses, he, he senses danger. He instantly reacts as a lion leaps to try to get him and he reaches full acceleration and outruns that lion and escapes with his life because of the adrenaline and all of the, uh, all of the different chemicals coursing through his blood. His, his, his fight or flight reaction kicks in. He runs faster than he normally could and he saves his life. Ten minutes later, his heart rate is normal. His blood chemistry has returned to normal. He is now at ease eating grass again. He cannot, that zebra, he cannot produce that reaction in his body without a real lion. But we humans, we have a whole other ability. We don't need the lion. We can imagine the lion and put ourselves in exactly the same state. And here's the deal, because we don't need the lion, we can stay with our stress hormones and our worry and our fear, and we can stay that way for days. 
Ten minutes after it happens in the zebra's heart, he's at peace doing what his creator made him to do again, eat grass. You and I wake up in the middle of the night, we worry, we fret, time stretches out, it never ends, our life begins to be filled with bitterness, and especially, watch this, when most of us deal with hardship over a fairly short period of time, now we've lived for the last, what, 10 months with a lion constantly at your throat. And we have lived in this state of, (laughs) are we there yet? And we've got to get to the place where we can see time differently. In order for our lives to be considered good for us, most of us, they have to have been good recently. And for many of us, we don't think our lives have been very good recently. I have to wear those masks. I'm coming into the church. Pastor's up there, masked policeman. All right? Putting things on Facebook, scaring me. I just want to come to church and be with my friends and not worry about this. Isn't there just one place I can go and not think about this? Come on. I get it. I'm that guy. I like going out in the woods where there aren't any people. And I just, just breathe in. I just walk around. Don't worry about corona a bit. Right? But in order for our lives to be considered good, they have to be good recently for us. We have almost no ability to maintain the fervor of God's message for more than a few days. I want you to notice the disparity between how the spirit realm and our realm relate to time. We are consumed with the substance of our days. Think about that. I have yet today to be emotionally moved by anything eternal. How about you? Is there anything that worries you? I mean, really, I'm not talking about religious rhetoric, but has there been a moment today where you got up and something of eternal consequence filled your heart with something akin to passion? But boy, I can be... I can be moved to passion in a hurry by the things going on in my day. We are consumed with the substance. Notice this disparity. You and I are consumed with the substance of our days, but God and Satan are consumed with the substance of our eternity. Jesus did die to redeem you here and now, but he gave his life to redeem your eternal life. You don't get saved and disappear. God leaves you in this broken world, functioning in connection with him through faith and faith alone. Wouldn't it be good if the moment, oh, Jesus, come into my heart, whoosh, you disappeared and you were in the presence of the Lord. Woo! We we would have a train of people running in here. But it doesn't work that way. We're left in these bodies, in this time, with our frail understanding and our frail wisdom and our inability to know exactly all that God is doing. How do we overcome that advance? How do we live in the joy of the Lord? How do we overcome a 10-month period of of difficulty and hardship? And, And that's just what's going on in the world. What about your life? What about the individual circumstances that we used to just deal with in life and then we added corona on top of it? My goodness, that just seems like piling on to me. Any of y'all? So how do we overcome that advance? We do it one day at a time. You quit worrying about tomorrow. You quit worrying about what might 
happen, what could be, what, what could break, what might dysfunction, you know, grip your heart. Oh, what, what the doctor might say, what the, I have noticed that I am an amazingly creative person as it comes to imagining the bad stuff that could happen to me. Amen? And I'm remarkably uncreative when it comes to envisioning all that God might do for me. Let me say that again. I am imagine, I'm, I'm unbelievably creative when it comes to imagining what might go wrong. And I have very little ability to really imagine all that might go good. Anybody with me? Say amen. So how do I overcome that? I live in the day. Psalm chapter 95, verse 7 and 8 says, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts, as at Meribah, as on the day, Masa, as a, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. Matthew 6, 11, Jesus teaching His disciples to pray. He didn't say, give us this year our bread. Give us this day. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you'll hear his voice, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Do you get that? That's him writing to Hebrew Christians saying, you need to encourage one another so that your heart won't be hardened by the deceit. What, what's another word for deceit? lie so that your heart won't be hardened by the lie that sin tries to tell you what is that lie your god's not going to take care of you it's all going to get worse life's going to be miserable you're never going to have any joy you're going to be sick every day worse than you are today you're only getting older every day there came a moment where i said you know there's not much more hair to lose yeah, shame on you, Renee. All right? Listen. Sin lies to us. This world system is lying to you. And we live with this lie compounded by the time that we think is just going to go on and on and on. And it distracts our eyes off of the blessings of God that are all around us and the goodness that surrounds us. And thus... We get our eyes focused on the good things of God. So what do we do then? What should you do today? Let me tell you what I have, what I've just sort of doubled up on. A couple of things that I have found to be such sources of refreshment. And I want you to, I want you to share in them. I know there's some limitations on some of these things, but there's a couple of things that I'm doing more of than I used to do. First of all, I get up early. I've, I've always gotten up really early, but I get up early. I don't lay in bed. If you're a bed layer, shame on you. I know you can. I know you don't have to go to work, but get up. Get out of the bed, especially if you lay there and, and, and you just lay there and think about things. And if you're laying there and sleeping, then lay there and sleep. That's good. But if you just lay there and mull on all the things, get up. Get up and get moving. Get up early. Amen? When you get up early, do this. Make as at least one of your earliest priorities the presence of the Lord. 
Be specific in it. Don't just, don't just start your routine. You know, this morning I got up, I went up, put water in the coffee maker, turned the coffee on. I went right over. I went upstairs so that I wouldn't dis- disturb Leanne. Who, Leanne worked till 11 last night. She worked four extra hours because of a shortage of nurses. I knew she was tired, so I didn't want to wake her up. I went to my table. I got my daily reading Bible out. I got my notebook out. I opened my computer. I have a file in my computer that's Bible reading. I started a new piece for today because every day I ask the Lord to give me something that I can type and write and and a lot of sermons come out of that stuff. And then I just read two two lengthy sections of scripture and then I just said, Lord, I'm going to need your presence today. After I did that, I, I got my clothes on. I went outside, and I cut down two big trees a couple of days ago. And I had a bunch of kids help me, Jack and his friends, carry all the limbs, but I left all the big pieces. And Joe, every morning now, I go out and I get my splitting maul, and for about 45 minutes, I split wood. And let me tell you, by the time I get done splitting that wood, I am not worried about what's going to go on that day. I'm breathing too hard, sweating too much to worry. I just think I'm going to die right now, so I'm not worried about tomorrow, all right? No, there's something about getting outside and moving that takes my mind. Being physical with something. I get up, I spend time in God's Word, go for a walk, move, talk to the Lord, spend some time out. You say, well, it was cold. Yeah, well, I got a lot of clothes. Put some clothes on, go outside. Get your hat, bundle up. If if you're limited, walk 100 yards. When I was sick with COVID, I would go out and I would walk the 60 yards to the road on my driveway and back. And I would walk it again. I couldn't go anywhere else. I'd get tired. I'd go sit down. Something about being outside instantly convinced me of God's goodness. I began to see the sun come up. Goodness gracious. When you begin to see the creation that the Lord's made, it begins to push back all the lies the enemy is telling you. And you begin to see him for who. He spoke it into being with a word. He can handle what I got today. I begin to hear the birds begin to sing, and this morning there was frost on the ground, and it was cold, and breathe in the cold air and be remarked, just remark at the goodness and the power of a God who made all that. Suddenly life begins to get pushed back by the presence of God, joined with the power of His Word, joined with the wonder of His creation, and I'm in the day, not in the year. I'm living in this moment with the Lord as my help. Now that's a prescription, church, that you can avail yourself of every day. Turn the internet off. Turn the media off. Don't watch the news until you have filled your mind with the presence of God so that you can then handle what's coming at you. If you try to handle the world that you live in without God's presence and His Word and all of his creation. If you don't remind yourself, Peter said, you're going to be without wholesome thoughts. And you're going to be left with unwholesome thoughts. So remind yourself. How do I remind myself? I get up. I get in his presence. I put his word in my heart and my mind. And I get outside so that I can see the power of his creation. And my thoughts become wholesome. I'm reminded of who my Father is. If I miss that, the only information I get is from the world and it is unwholesome. So be renewed by simple steps. God's presence, God's word, all at his creation and find yourself growing strong and your thoughts becoming wholesome. Father, 
I thank you that you've not left us without tools. You've not left us without things that we can lean on. I wish, Lord, I knew what tomorrow held. I don't. I do know what some tomorrow holds, though. There's going to come a tomorrow. And my eyes are going to close on this world via death or via the rapture. You're coming, Jesus, and you're not slow. You've given me enough to sustain me this day, and one day you have prepared a place, John says. Mm, Lord, you went, Jesus, to prepare a place, and someday I'm going to be in that place. Between this moment and that moment, I want wholesome thinking to fill my mind and my heart. It's the only way I make it, and it's the only way I give a, a viable testimony of your goodness. So, Lord, fill my mind with your thoughts and your kingdom and all at who you are. I bless you, and I love you. Encourage each one today in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.